Hello and welcome to the Verbs World podcast series. Uh, today we are again covering Alexander the Great's last episode. So it's an important day that I'm just finishing off one of my projects, so I'm so happy. And I would also like to thank all of you for your big recommendations, comments, and you know, most of the time we always try to improve by listening to others. I've received a lot of comments from my, my listeners, my, my dear friends and colleagues, uh, on especially on my uh, you know, Facebook Messenger. And I would definitely try to improve the kind of quality of sound and other aspects of it, you know, because the thing is, if we are, I've been thinking about podcasting for about two years. Every time I come up with some kind of excuses saying, I don't have that equipment, I'm not the master of editing, I don't know how to operate this software i don't know how to you know because most of the time we uh, just stuck in between so there were hundreds of uh, reasons or hundreds of uh, exemplary uh, you know questions and answers so that never ended anywhere so that's one of the reasons that one day i have decided whatever could be the reason i'm just going to start it Whatever it could be, it could be, you know, always we think we want to have a fantastic, suppose I, I just have, I'm going to publish something, I want to have it uh, really uh, something great, something essentially, you know, when uh, uh, someone listens, oh wow. So after such a long period of time, I just realized that if that's the case, I'm not going to do it anyway. So I just did it. Even if the quality was low or there was issue with the technical aspects, there was something. But every episode gives me some kind of lessons and I'm just trying to learn. So I'm so happy. Uh, before we begin the series, I just wanted to mention one more thing here. Uh, it is regarding the, the hardware because today I don't have any kind of my normal standard recording devices with me. I'm in a different place. Uh, Saturday, uh, I mean to say Friday is the day when normally I get time because it's a weekend here in the part of uh, you know the Middle East. So Friday is the day I sit down and record and publish my, my series normally. Uh, so in order to continue that and not to miss this particular day and even as I mentioned earlier to finish off the, the project because it gives us so much of pleasure and joy that at least that after a long, such a long, long time, I'm finishing off one of the projects. So, so happy. Uh, thank you so much. Again, we are now in a position to continue with Alexander the Great. Enjoy. By 327 BC, Alexander and his army had spent seven years away from Macedonia. He had even married a local nobleman's daughter, Roxana. But he wasn't about to settle down. Alexander now set his sights on India. He believed that by conquering it, he would be able to go down in history as king of the world. Conquering this strange new world started off peacefully, though not without confusion. As he came to the settlement of Taxila in present-day Pakistan, he mistook the huge group of men and enormous elephants 
who were driving out to meet him as a threatening army. Luckily, Omphis, the king of Taxila, noticed the confusion and saw that Alexander was preparing an offensive. He quickly wrote to assure Alexander the display was simply their way of greeting foreign leaders. But some Indian kingdoms were not so eager to surrender. When Alexander reached the kingdom of Peruas, King Porus was prepared to put up a fight. And it was during this battle that Alexander's trusty steed, Bucephalus, was killed. Alexander could only grieve after the battle had been won. In honor of this lost friend, he established a city nearby and named his Bucephalus. But Alexander was also losing something else at this point in the campaign, the fate of his army. When they reached the Ganges, Alexander was unable to inspire them with one of his usual speeches. This point was driven home when one of his generals gave a speech of his own. He told Alexander that the men were proud to have come so far and accomplished so much but they longed to see their families in homeland again. This was met with a thunderous cheer. The general went on to convince Alexander that the best idea would be to go home and raise a new army with fresh Macedonian soldiers. After days of mulling it over, he agreed. After seven long bloody years, Alexander was finally going home. The march home was a relatively uneventful journey, despite the fact that Alexander almost drowned in river rapids and his army nearly perished in the Grisosian desert. By the time he returned, it had been 10 years since he had left Macedonia and his empire had become the largest the world had ever seen. But Alexander was in the sort of person to be satisfied by something like this. On his way home, he kept himself busy by making plans for further expanding his empire. He dreamed of controlling the entire Arabian and North African coastlines and being able to travel the entire length of African coastline from Egypt to the Western Mediterranean. He also started thinking about how to respond to recent reports about the troublesome tribe called the Romans. Alas, Alexander did not live long enough to realize all his plans. Nearly three years after he left India, troubling signs began to appear. One day, near the city of Babylon, Alexander was stopped by Chaldean priests who warned him not to enter the city. Alexander laughed off their warning, but the priest persisted. At the very least, they told him, don't enter the city while walking west towards the setting sun. At the time, the setting sun was widely regarded as a symbol of death. But Alexander was suspicious of the priests and didn't heed their advice. But upon reaching Babylon, bad omens from the gods began haunting him. While he was out for sailing, Alexander's crown was swept away by the wind. And worst of all, when he returned to his place, a fear started to appear in his mind. An ex-convict was sitting on his throne and wearing his crown. 
But it wasn't until after a night of heavy drinking that Alexander began to feel gravely ill. As his condition continued to worsen, it began to draw on Alexander that he would not survive. When his companions asked him who would succeed him, Alexander uttered his dying words to the strongest. Alexander's remarkable tenuous campaign did lots more than just summon Greek culture's influence on a large portion of Eurasia. These effects certainly outlasted his empire, which began to collapse soon after his death. Persia and India are just two places that were forever changed by Alexander. A series of kingdoms that mixed Greek and Indian culture appeared in Alexander's wake, and Hellenistic culture forever transformed Indian arts and architecture. For example, the emergence of statues of Buddha in human form are clearly inspired by the status of the god Apollo. Although Alexander was reviled by many in Persia, he also was remembered for his philosophical nature. The Quran's memories, Alexander philosophical band, calling him a philosopher king, whom God made almighty in the land and gave the means to achieve all the things. In this way, he began a Greek philosophical tradition in the region that continued to influence the Islamic age and its religion philosophy. But the land where Alexander's legacy thrived the most was actually a place that never, he was never visited, Rome. As the Roman Empire was getting it started, they embraced Greeks as one of their intellectual languages, and Greek art and architecture heavily influenced their own work. The Jews and early Christians also used the Greek language to replicate the Gospels. And since Greek was their primary language of the Mediterranean after Alexander's campaign, this means Christianity had a ready audience. So could argue that without Alexander, Christianity would never have extended beyond Roman Palestine. And even though other conquerors like Julius Caesar, Augustus, and Napoleon looked to Alexander as a hero to be imluted, no one was ever able to expand an empire further than the empire of Alexander the Great. So with this, we are ending up the, our podcast series about Alexander. We will come up with a new subject. Uh, I will publish it very soon, what would be our next topic of discussion. Anyway, I just wanted to mention here about uh, Alexander the Great was one of the greatest military commanders of ancient times. There is no doubt about it. And further than that, he just have kind of, he extended a small Macedonian empire from Greece all the way to India at a time when there was no technology, nothing. By combining military genius with a keen political mind, Alexander became the king of the largest empire of the world. So even today, there is no doubt about it. He is considered as one of the largest and a powerful king that has, the one has ruled this world forever. Thank you so much.